Jeff Weiss is the president and CEO, that's chief evangelist officer, of Age of Majority, a Massachusetts-based marketing agency that helps brands better understand older adults in order to enhance client engagement. Jeff has over 30 years of experience in the marketing industry and has held numerous leadership roles at major brands such as Pepsi, Gillette, and Unilever, where he witnessed dramatic changes in the older adults demographic. Thank you everyone for listening to Building for the Sovereign Economy. I'm Teresa and I'm your host today. And I'd like to welcome Jeff Weiss, the CEO and the co-founder of Age of Majority to join our discussion today. We will be talking about, particularly in the marketing aspects of Sovereign Economy and how can we tackle this issue where the common mistakes, common pitfalls. So I actually um, listened to, I was on one of the Jeff's panel at the ICAA conference earlier this year. And it was a conference, it was a panel about marketing uh, for 55 plus community. I was immediately get blown away by the contents of his research and it was super insightful. And for me as an entrepreneur working on this demographic, I was like, wait a second. This is exactly the problem I'm going through right now. Um, and he has been working on this for many, many years, um, collected all those tons of data and insights. And I was really got blown away by those contents and figure out that this is super helpful for literally anyone that is working on this demographic or not actually just for any marketers. So I would like to welcome Jeff for joining us. Teresa, very, very nice introdu introduction. Thank you very much. And I'm I'm thrilled to be here and, and share some of the uh, the learning and insights that uh, that myself and our, our team have developed since we launched uh, five years ago, just over five years ago. We're we're basically on a mission to break the myths and crush the stereotypes and stigmas associated with aging which is a big, big thing because, you know, ageism to me is, is still is the largest, the largest kind of prejudice out there that is still acceptable um, <laughs> for the most part in, in sight. So we're not trying to change kind of public opinion, all that. Our focus is really on the, the marketing and business fronts. And we help our clients better understand older adults so that they can engage them better, whether that be to yeah. kind of the target, how to reach them, and just how to how to get them interested in their product or services and ultimately getting them to, to use and buy your product. So that's what our focus is. We're more of a, a consultancy and a lot of our, our insights are driven by our the research that we do. Yeah. Can you share a little bit about your experience and why you, so I know you have years of experiences working for FMC, FMCG marketing. Why is it that five years ago you decided to start this business and focus primarily in targeting um, 55 plus demographic? Um, my, my, my journey, actually, if I really have to think about it, began over th just over 30 years ago. I was doing my MBA mm -hmm. and... And I had to do kind of a, not a thesis, but a research report. And the topic that I picked, and this was 1991, so 31 years ago. Oh, my wow. topic the, was, the year I was born. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I also have an MBA, but right. <laughs> that was just a couple years ago. <laughs> uh, you know, I was going to say, oh, you make me feel old, but but that is kind of, a, <laughs> that, that would be like saying, 
being old is a negative thing. So that's not <laughs> anyway. I, I had to do a, a research paper, and the title of mine, and I think I have it. I think it's in storage somewhere. I've got to find it. Is the opportunity to market to senior citizens? That was interesting. My, oh my god! This was like over thirty years ago, right? So yeah. you know, I, I guess in the back of my mind, like I always knew the opportunity was back then, and and like nothing has changed. Not a whole lot has changed in that. Uh-huh. And then, um, you know, a few years ago, probably six, seven years ago, I was running a kind of a communications PR agency. And we were just looking at kind of other ways to add value, other ways to generate revenue. We went through a whole process. Um, and, and one of our clients at the time said, you know what? No one's really marketing to older people. And, I, you know, it's like, oh, so I won't go down the whole path of how we yeah. ended up with it. But, but basically, that's where we ended up with starting Age Majority just over, over five years ago. Because, you know, you look at where the money is and and then you look at, at you know, kind of where marketers and brands are focusing their money and it's not on older people. And it's like, show me, you know, where's the money? And it's a huge missed opportunity. And, you know, so we started to kind of help brands see the opportunity and how do they best take advantage of that? Mm -hmm. Yeah, totally. Um, Just literally all the curiosity. (laughs) When we were doing your MBA and you were writing that thesis, why were you thinking like, because I imagine back at the time in 1991, it was very different from right now and like the quote-unquote senior citizens 30 years ago are very different from to like 65 plus 65 30 years ago and 65 today are so yeah. different so like what we were thinking at the back of your mind oh my god you you're, you're, ask, says, you're asking me to go back in my memory a long way and <laughs> i you know it's a great question and i i could think about it forever but i don't don't know i don't know what led me down that path but um you are correct like you know in terms of of you know 30 years ago which isn't that long in the scheme of things just older adults you know whether it's 55 or 60 and over it was very different i think about my you know parents my mother's still alive she's 92 and i think about my grandparents and they were were alive back like very different than than you know the same if you look at people in the same kind of age brackets or age groups now very different in terms of of what people are like so you know it's just i can't remember why why i did that that kind of area but it's just it's the you know point i'm trying to make is that the opportunity was there back 30 years ago and it's even it's even more so there now but that consumer has changed dramatically and and most companies brands they just don't they don't understand older adults at all. And that's one of the reasons I ignore them. It's easier to ignore things you don't understand, right? That is so true. And this is just another thing I noticed is a lot of people's, not only marketers, but just like people in general, their their image and perception of older adults still stuck in the 90s. Yes, yes. And, and yeah. yeah, and a lot of people's perception of this demographic is very personal they have this image of their grandparents or their parents and they thought everyone in this demographic is the same. Absolutely. And, you know, I, you know, pick, pick, pick a generation or pick an age group. And how old are you? 31. 31. So you're a millennial yeah. um, and you're kind of at the, the, the end stage of millennials. My, I've got one son who's 26 and he is the last of millennials. So trying, mm-hmm. trying to, you know, put all millennials together 
in one homogeneous group and say, hey, here's how we're going to market to millennials. You can't do that. There's so many differences, right? I am the, the youngest of the boomers. I was born in 1964 and 58. The oldest of the boomers, that you know, could be my mother or father. Yeah. And, you know, so, so trying to put, oh, you know, older people are like this in one. You can't do that for anyone. But then the, the main reason, um, there's a couple of reasons why a lot of marketers ignore it is because of all the, we talked about the prejudice and ageism. There are all these myths and stereotypes that are out there in society that have been around yeah. for a long time and they are just not true. And so I, I think you've got a lot of younger in marketing and technology is where you see the greatest level of ageism from a from a, an employee staff point of view, right? Like in marketing, if you're if you're over totally. 40 in marketing, yeah. you're dinosaur 50, you're like dead, right? And you know, technology is even worse. And there's you know stats to to back that up. But, you know, I talk to, to younger, you know, if I'm talking to younger, it's like, oh, I don't want to market to my grandparents. That's not hip. That's not cool. I only want to do hip and cool stuff. And I only want to do digital. And old people aren't aren't digitally savvy at all. So why would I even bother? Right. So, you know, you've got these these missing stereotypes of driving that. And then a lot of it is kind of I'm not a, a, I, I never even took psychology 101 or anything in university, but people are, are more afraid of getting older than they are of dying. And they're particularly afraid of getting dementia mm. and Alzheimer's, right? Which is, you know, yeah. scary. So when I'm talking to, 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 to business folks and marketers, it's like I take them through, you know, all the numbers. I go through the the stereotypes and myths, why they're not true. And it's like, yeah, you know, and here's, so it's like, you know, let's do a project together. Don't, don't move all your money away from you know, the millennials that you're going after. Like yeah. you, but like move some money over to target older adults and they can't do it. And I call it FOMO. And yeah. how would you how would you describe FOMO? What's that mean to you? Fear of missing out. It's like everyone's that's, doing something. That's true. That's yeah. true. But, but the FOMO I'm talking about is fear of marketing older. older. People don't even <laughs> think, because people are, are are kind of worried about getting older, they don't even yeah. want to think about about marketing to people getting older because that makes them feel old, right? It's like, oh. And it's the same reason why I think a lot of people don't like to go to the doctor for like annual yeah. checkup. They don't want to yeah. know if anything's wrong with them, right? Yeah. It's the same kind of thing. So, yeah. um, you know, it all it all comes into play. So, you know, it's 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 highly kind of emotional and irrational. So, a lot of the work we're doing, you know, for brands, you know, not not for brands who are marketing directly to older adults. They kind of get it and they have different issues. But for brands that are just missing out on the opportunity, it's like it's a big education process and it's tough to break through. Yeah. And I think particularly for marketers that are not, you know, they're, they're millennials, right? Like a lot of marketers are millennials. And the even for me personally, the some of the problems I'm going through with myself and my company is that we're not boomers. Like we're not our target customers. And in this world, that ageism is such be, is being discriminated against. Um, we also don't know how to approach them in the right language and in a way that doesn't annoy people. <laughs> exactly. So, yeah. yeah. So like jumping on to the next topic, what are the common things that you have seen marketing and brands that did wrong to annoy my 55 plus <laughs> uh, demographic. <laughs> yeah, there's a, a lot of things. I'm, I've actually started doing these ageist rants um, yeah. and I talk about different things that I see out there. So there's a whole bunch of them. But 
Um, if I think about what I talked about, our dirty dozen myths of aging. So I'll, I'll kind of reference those because that kind of plays into what we see um, going wrong. So, um, you know, one of the things I talked about with technology and the, the term that we use or that, that we call this one myth is what's a Bluetooth? And this belief, particularly by younger marketers, that older adults just are not technically uh, th- that they are technically challenged and averse and they don't want anything to do with technology or if they've yeah. got something, they don't know how to use it. And sure, there are people who don't know how to use things, but they're at, at any age. But the vast majority of older adults are, are you know, the vast majority, over 90% have, whether it's an iPhone or, or an Android, right? Mm-hmm. They're using those on a daily yeah. basis. They're texting, they're doing research. They've got, you know, they're using, they're using, you know, almost everyone has a computer of some sort. They're using, um, um, tablets, um, you know, wearables, you know, over uh, close to 40%, if not more now are, are using wearables. So this belief that, that older people aren't using technology is, yeah. is crazy. And, you know, that they, they, there are different things they use it for. They don't, it tends to be more practical. So for example, you know, huge percentage of older adults are on Facebook, um, which is one of the reasons why younger, younger people are leaving Facebook. Yeah. It's like, <laughs> But they're using it to kind of stay in touch with friends and family. So that's yeah. you know, for them. Generally, although there are exceptions, of course, most most older adults, they'll use technology, but there has to be a, a practical purpose for using it. They're not just going to use technology mm-hmm. for the sake of, of using technology, right? But mm-hmm. they are online. They're active, whether it be kind of it's talk about yeah. Facebook, YouTube, they're active on uh, Instagram, you know, TikTok slowly, the, the jury's out on that, but you know, so one of the things we see is like, if, you know, for, for someone, it's like, okay, if I'm going to, if I'm going to market to, to an older, you know what, I'm going to advertise in Reader's Digest because old people read Reader's Digest, right? And mm-hmm. you know, things like that. And it's just, it's just not true. So that's one thing. Um, uh, in, in, you know, in kind of your business and what you're doing, one of the, one of the myths that we have is, is I've, it's called I've fallen and I can't get up which is, you're too young to remember this, but there was a, a commercial, you know, the PERS systems, the emergency response systems, you know, you push a button yeah. if you fall on it. The first um, company that really advertised this a long time ago, uh, there was this old woman who'd fallen in her bathroom and I've fallen yeah. and I can't get up. And and that's what this refers to. So this belief that that older adults just are physically, they're, they're frail and they're weak, which isn't true. And again, we've done research uh, older adults are actually more physically active on a daily and weekly basis than younger adults are. Um, yeah. Because they understand that unless they keep both physically and mentally active, then when they look at their future, it's not good. That you know, for 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 a man or, or a woman, it's like, oh, that's if I don't if I don't take care of myself now, then I'm going to be in that rocking chair at the old age home. So people are very old. Older adults are very much. Um, whatever age from 55 to into their nineties, I look at my mother, 92 walks every day because she knows she's got to keep her legs active. Right. So, um, this is, this is a very surprising fact for most people actually. And then, so, but both physically and then mentally, again, people are, are quite worried about losing their, their cognitive, um, Mm -hmm. skill. Also, um, we're seeing a lot more, um, products and services. We're doing some work in this area, um, for, for, you know, products and services where you can keep your, your, your mind and your brain active and um, some interesting things out there. There's a, a, a new kind of fitness studio that we're helping out starting in Los Angeles. who's just launched and his studio is not just physical activity. It's, it's cognitive of well and very cool. Mm-hmm. Stuff. 
Um, yeah. Uh, the next myth is we call the belief is that older adults don't want to try anything new. They're stuck in their ways and they're yeah. kind of afraid to do anything new. We call this you can't keep, keep you can't teach an old dog new tricks. Yeah. And you know what? There. You know, I don't care who you are, how old you are. There are certain brands that you just love. You know that you're going to use forever, no matter what happens. But you know, older adults, over half of them are willing to try new new products and services. Give them a reason to try it. The price point is right, meets their functional needs, it meets their emotional needs. Then they will try it. You know, um, and then <laughs> new experiences. Um, I think about uh, a couple things. One, you know, we've done some some research in terms of what people put on their bucket lists. You know, yeah. and one of the things, you know, travel is always number one. Spending time with families there, skydiving is up there. And really, uh, yes. Yeah, so when I turned fifty five a few years ago, I've always wanted to skydive. Yeah. But when I was young, you know, my my teens, I was like, I was worried about kind of injuring myself, you know, with the long term. And then I got married and had a kid, and it's like, oh even though it's not true because the chances of dying and skydiving are like minimal, but it's like, Oh, I don't want to do anything that might, you know, I don't want to leave my, 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 my wife and son, you know, yeah. without, without a father and husband. So apparently that was okay when I hit 55. So they actually got me, <laughs> got me a uh, skydiving, uh, a jump and it's a tandem. So I'm on someone's back yeah. and, um, and my son, God love him, um, joined me and it was the biggest rush that I've ever had in my life. And, uh, I was when I was at that conference. Um, uh, I think I met you at in Orlando with the ICAA. Uh, I was going through and I showed a picture of me skydiving with my GoPro camera. And there was a woman there who she's the only one woman in the room had also done skydiving. And she works at a, uh, a, a senior community uh, residence. And she went skydiving with several people who were over 80 years old. And it was a fundraising thing. And it's like people are there. They want to try new things. It's like, you know, whether you, it's like, I'm going to die someday, so I might as well try it, right? And, you, and you're yeah. less worried about what people think. And, and, you know, and it's like, what do I have to lose, right? And then the other thing, the lar- the fastest growing activity, physical activity in definitely in the U.S. is pickleball. Do you know what pickleball oh, yeah, is? definitely. Yeah. I know, yeah. And, you know, it started out as this, excuse me, activity for, for old people, right? Because that's who was yeah. playing, right? And it's a great, it's a great activity because... It's like I play a lot of tennis and other racket sports, so it's just another one. But for people who play tennis but maybe can't move as well, it's much easier to play on your body. Yeah. And then for people who aren't necessarily athletic or that active, it's an easy game to pick up. It's cheap and it's very social. And that mm-hmm. was what the appeal is to older adults. And now you've got like Leonardo DiCaprio. Yeah. Kardashians who are, who are all celebrities are playing, playing right? and it's like trying to steal this activity that was yeah. for old people. It's, it's kind of the reverse of what usually yeah. happens. So anyway, this belief, like that, uh, old people are frail and weak, is just is or no, sorry, that was the other one. Um, this belief that that older people don't want to try new things, just, yeah. just give them a reason. Yeah. People want to have fun. Yeah. Um, yeah, and then the last one I'll just talk about is this again, this belief that oh, old people they all live in kind of old age homes, nursing homes, right? And it's only a, a small fraction. It's only of, a fraction, you know, yes. Like yeah. six or seven percent of people live in they don't even call them old age homes, retirement communities, assisted living yeah. The reality is, and this is more so than ever before, and will continue, is that people want to I don't like the term age in place. I use the word thriving at home, which is what older adults prefer. They want to. They want to live in their own home and thrive there for as long as they can, so that 
you know, it's called, you know, uh, uh, squaring off the curve where yeah. you want to live as, as best you can. And then when it's time to go, boom, you're gone versus you have this steady decline, right? So mm-hmm. people want to want to thrive at home. They want to live in their own home for as long as possible. So huge opportunity for companies that are in brands, products, services that are allowing people to do that better. Yeah. And there's so many different technologies and innovations um very kind of siloed down i think they're all gonna a lot of them are gonna come together and you'll see yeah the big brands whether it be apple google meta whatever who will will kind of jump into yeah. that area so yeah i actually want to poke a little bit about um trying new things so i think this is all this is obviously something that we both noticed that um seniors also love trying new things for example like my mom she recently started taking ballet lessons like very yes. cool yeah i know like she has never tried ballet ever in her life uh, she literally recently started taking ballet lessons and loved it so i definitely i definitely agree with this idea that seniors also love trying new things if not actually more than some of the other age brackets for example like if you're like in your 40s 50 early 50s you have so much responsibilities and you literally don't have time to do all this kind of stuff. But I want to push it a little bit further or poke it a little bit is if you compare to say like millennials, like I feel like the new things that millennials like trying are like the new technology, the new hip things or the things that my friends are doing, the celebrities or the influencers are using, right? And before seniors, like what kind of new things do they prefer trying? Um, like what are the hook or what are the triggers that like nudge them into trying new things? Um, that's a good good question. I I there, I don't think you can I can't say in general, but I think you know people uh, and there's different reasons people want to try new things. One is just they want to continue to grow and learn, right? So mm-hmm. uh, and part of that sometimes is tied into keeping your brain active. So you know, learning how to play the piano or an instrument, right? It's like mm-hmm. oh, I want to. Learning a new language, which is great for your mind, but also interesting. And then if I want to go travel to some yeah. country, let me learn the language. So part of it is just kind of learning new things. Uh, sometimes it's people want to continue to work and mm-hmm. you know, because oh, they need money. Sometimes, you know, that's more important. But other times like, hey, you know, I used to do I, I did a, uh, a session with a woman uh, on Facebook Live a while ago who spent her career until she was 65 as a lawyer very high profile work and then she just got tired of it now she is a director and she is she's she's done her first movie film document was called beyond six which was about women which was about i don't know eight or ten women who are 60 and over in this and now she's doing another one less focused on on that and it's just she just always wanted to do that you know these things it's like oh if i had time or it's like passion points right and now it's like you know what? I've got the time to do it. And what do I have to lose? Right. And they just sometimes mm-hmm. need a little nudge. And sometime for this woman, um, you know, I was talking about, you know, she she bid on something at an auction and it was spend a day with like a famous director. And that just changed her life because it just got her passion going. Right. So, yeah. you know, so for example, for me, I, you know, I want to write a screenplay and I already know what it's about. And it's like, I don't have time now because I'm, I'm working, but you know, once I have time, I want to do that. I don't care if I'm 60, 70 or 80. Yeah. Like, right. So a lot of just kind of passion points for your mother. You know, I, I don't know what triggered, you know, was she always been interested in ballet or or like what triggered that? 
she loves dancing, um, but she just never had right. time to, yeah. to yeah. pursue so that. Now, now you have the time, uh, you know, sometimes you have the money and it's just, it's just, you know, it's this, it's this yeah. freedom. It's this freedom to try new things. And again, it's very different from 30 years ago where, you know, kind of life was, you know, you were born and you went to school. That was the first part. And then, you know, and then you got a job, you had a, you know, got married, you mm -hmm. raised a family, had a mortgage, blah, blah, blah. And you worked till you were 65 and then you retired and then you kind of waited to, to die. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Very, very different yeah. now. Like, yeah. Um, so uh, it, very, it, it seems like just like to try to conclude your point a little bit, it seems like there are a couple of things. First of all, is people want more stimulus. People want more stimuli in their brain. So they want to yes. learn new things. They want to like keep their brain active so they don't have yes. to go get dementia, stuff like that. And also right. like practical practical reason of it, um, like not getting dementia or learning new language so they can travel, um, something that's like more practical. And then also lastly is the the passion part of it. It's like Absolutely. something that was right, something that was wanted to do, they didn't have yeah. time to do it. Now they have the time and the money. So they'll just go and pursue it. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. Actually, I another thing I also want to poke a little bit deeper into this is you mentioned about being practical. And you also mentioned about like seniors use technology but they use it for a more practical reason can you ex maybe elaborate more a little bit of, from your research i know i've heard it and at an ICA conference on um why and how seniors use technology and how this is different from yeah. millennials I, after we talk i want to talk about the word seniors because you talked about language and yes and so I, um <laughs> I you know, what, word. Yeah, so, uh, <laughs> you know, language is very important. So I don't use the word seniors, but older adults, um, you know, they've seen and heard a lot. Right. So, yeah. you know, it's like it's like cut through the crap and just tell me what I need to know. And, you know, it doesn't mean that they don't like, you know, if you're talking about a TV ad or something, it's like they like things that are funny. But at the end, if they want to know, like, you know, what is this thing and what's in it for me? And yeah. so they just, you know, it's like. You know the steak and the sizzle. You know, I, I don't care about the sizzle. Just, just show me the steak, right? And, and what is it that I'm going to get? So yeah. that's where it's much more, you know, practical. And there's a whole bunch of, uh, you know, with that in mind, from a from a marketing point of view, it's like you've got to be very kind of conscious of that. Do it yeah. in a in a relevant and authentic way that's kind of engaging for people. But like, don't make don't make older adults kind of work too hard to figure it out not because they're old and they can't figure, they just don't want that just tell me what i want to know and yeah I kind of, i'll move on so um i think that drives a lot of the um of that you know kind of thinking it's just it's just what's in it for me and how's this going to make my life better easier how is it going to make me happier or healthier right or safer so we talk again it's like not that older adults don't like to do things just for the sake of having fun um, yeah. when it comes to kind of more serious, you know, things, it's like, just tell me what I need to know, you know, yeah. in a way that, that makes sense yeah. for me. Yeah. Do you think that, does that, does that mean that, uh, marketing for older adults, they don't really want those kind of marketing gimmicks, for example, like, like influencer marketing or fancy yeah, buzzwords of, you know. Yeah. Influencer marketing is an interesting one because, <clears throat> um, it's kind of a double-edged sword because older adults like everyone else 
can be influenced. They they tend to be they you know in terms of excuse me who influences the most. It's friends and family first and foremost. People who have kind of have experience, but then it's more professionals. And you know, if you're talking about health stuff, health professionals that they you know mm-hmm. doctors whatever that they rely on. So. Yeah. Um, and then influencers, kind of less so. And I'm not sure whether they're, it's because there aren't a lot of older influencers. There are some um, more kind of in the fashion and beauty area, but less kind of lifestyle. Um, so I'm not sure it's because there aren't that many relevant influencers or and or if it's just that older adults just aren't going to be influenced as much by traditional yeah. influencers. I, I'm not sure. We've done some research. We have to do more. Um, but it's kind of an interesting area, right? And I, I, I think, I think there are opportunities. I, I tend to think that it, that older, older influencers in kind of areas outside of health and beauty that are interest, you know, depending on what your personal, I, I, I think that that's a big opportunity because you know it kind of ties into something else that you know we talk about where um, I call it reverse aspiration, and I think about a lot of the the the, the brands and the kind of the physical fitness apparel space, right? Um, Where it's like, and I look at Peloton as an example, right? It's like, you know, it's a very expensive piece of equipment. So who's got the money to buy that? It tends to be older, older adults. But if you go on, I I don't like Peloton, but I got one for my wife and my son uses it. You know, my wife, who's, you know, in her mid sixties in good shape, um, she goes on there. And firstly, the the trainer is like 25 years old without an ounce of fat on, on him or her. Right. So that's depressing because even though she's, she can never be like that. Right. And then she goes on and then, you know, she's competing, so to speak against, you know, hundreds of thousands of other people. And she's like in the bottom percentiles yeah. of how she, this, it's depressing. It's demotivating. Right. And then my son who I, my wife is actually in better shape than my son, I think, not that really? he's late, but he goes on and he sees, you know, this, this instructor's like, Whoa, yeah. if I do this enough, I can be like that person. And he can exert enough energy in a short period of time to do well. So he leaves and he's like, I feel great. And it's like, well, there's something wrong with that. And, and for me, and, you know, I kind of went through, uh, I just finished a, uh, a six week kind of training period. It was on strength and mobility for men. And mm-hmm. in this, there's about six or eight of us in the class and all kind of in our, you know, fifties or sixties and our instructor, Freddie, love Freddie, seven years old in incredible shape. And for me, it's like, I look at him, he's 12 years older than me. And it's like, if I continue to work out mm-hmm. and do stuff, then I can be like him, right? I yeah. can't, I can't look at a 25 or 30 year old and yeah. like, get there. Right. But just physiologically, I can't do it. So, um, uh, I, I, I'm kind of rambling. I can't remember what we were started talking about, but <laughs> in terms of influencers, like I said, I think I think yeah. there's an opportunity for older influencers yeah. that that older adults can aspire to versus younger adults. It's like this person who's you know 20, 25, 30, or whatever, with like a you know four year old kid. It's I can't relate to that, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I I I totally agree with you, and this is also something that we have noticed is that. For for millennials, for example, I'm 31, but if my trainer is like say like 22, I'll probably be okay with that. It's not like I aspire to be my trainer, but it's more like, oh, this is like a very sophisticated workout, and um, if I continue working out, I might be I might look like my trainer, but I might not look like my trainer, which is fine. Um, But say like if my trainer is 40 something for me it's probably 
it's not like less aspiring, but it's less of a mentality of like, hey, if I continue to work out, if I'm 40, I could be like that kind of thing. Yeah. So was, yeah. It's interesting because some of the research we've done show that women in their mid 40s, they're the ones kind of looking into their future. And they are they are like, what kind of future it's do so I want to have? Yeah. Why so, do you think that's the be, that's a, that's they, a dividing point? Because uh, older adults now are very different. You still have some, yeah. we call them traditionalists, that are much more stereotypical, right? You know, kind mm-hmm. of in, you know, kind of a nursing home, like it's a stereotypical, right? Yeah. It's like, it's like, I can either be like that or I can be like my parents or my grandparents, their friends who are older, who are like hip and cool and active, right? Like I yeah. want to be, so they're making conscious decisions now based on what they want their future to look like. So it'll be interesting in another kind of 10, 15 years for yeah. you when we do our next podcast, it'll be yeah. like, oh, <laughs> you know, I, I just think that. I understand. I'm interested in kind of, you know, when you set off as a 45 year old trainer, it's just different emotionally. But I think that changes as you get older, where it's just your aspirations are just, they just kind of change, right? It is. It is. It's like, it's, yeah, it's, it's very, it's, it's very interesting. And yeah. I look at my mom. I also, I also went through um, Peloton workout with my mom. And even though those workout moves are not even that hard, but because the trainer looks so fit and so young and the music is just so, yeah, yeah. you know, loud. And yeah. Super young. My mom is like, no, I couldn't do this. She's just like mentally. Right. She's like, no, I couldn't do this. Yeah, right? yeah. Yeah. Not because you can't do it. It's just, it's not, it, it doesn't. So yeah. So I, I don't know a lot about Peloton. I think they have a couple older trainers, but they're just, you know what, have a variety of people. It's, yeah. you know, Diversity, equity, inclusion, just include older people, you know? <laughs> exactly. Yeah. yeah. Um, jumping on to the next topic, something I found extremely insightful is at ICWA, you shared this 55 plus um, customer segmentation. Mm-hmm. And I totally agree with you on that. It's basically wrong to just see 55 plus community as like a one huge homogenous people right like for example like no one will actually see 30 to 60 as a big homogenous group of people and why should we see people from 60 to 90 as a big homogenous group of people it's the same 30 years of life right and um i think you guys did an amazing job uh at doing all those research and and segments this group of people can you explain us a little bit like how will you see Market segmentation. Sure. Thank you. Yeah, we, we got tired of people saying, well, what's in between a you know, a consumer is 55 to 64 and 65 to and it's like, oh, so you know, trying to market just by demographics just does not does not work. It does in terms of how do you reach them? That's where you want to use demographics. Yeah. In terms of how do you talk to them, what's the messaging and all that. So uh, uh about a year and a half, almost two years ago, we did our 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 own segmentation. A study, and we call it the personage um, segmentation model. And basically, we we asked older adults. We asked them a bunch of questions related to, not to the. We've got all their demographic information, but related to kind of their their health, their health characteristics, and how they how they look at health in relation to their life. Uh, we asked them about relationships. We asked them about their um, attitudes, just on kind of getting older and lifestyle and things like that. And based on how, on their responses, we've segmented them into eleven different groups or personas, 
And it's based more on kind of psychographics, behaviors and attitudes mm -hmm. than demographics. So um, whenever we do research with our online insights community, we, we not only understand kind of what adults 55 and older think in totality, and then we can break it up by different demographics. But now we can we can look at how people respond based on different segments. Yeah. Or um, so, um, you know, for example, we did we did a study a little while ago on e-bikes for a client. And we found that, you know, there's high interest in, in trying e-bikes. Um, but the two groups that were most interested, one um, was very much about kind of just activity and getting out and things like that. So the messages were very different. The other group, and I can't remember the, which, which segment they fell into, unfortunately, uh, they were much more environmentally conscious. So for them, it was about kind of not having to use my car anymore, saving money on, and, and, and then, you know, getting out into nature. So, mm -hmm. uh, you know, so for us and, and what we do with clients is, because trying to market, as you said, to all older adults, 55 and older, you can't do it. So pick out those one or two personas or segments that have the highest interest level and appeal in what you're trying to offer them and then create and then create your marketing assets and market to them in ways that are relevant to them. So messaging might be very different for one segment versus another. The imagery that you use, how you target them, that can all change. So it's, it's yeah. kind of, um, you know particularly for people who just don't understand kind of older adults, as you were talking about, to be a good marketer, you have to be able to put yourself in the shoes or at least to understand who you're marketing to. If you don't, and if, and it's even worse, I think if you do fit into that group, because you're, you just kind of look at the world and kind of, here's what my world is like. So it's the same for everyone yeah. else, which you can't do. Yeah. Yeah. If you, if, if you put on a lens of, of a technology product, I know every product is different. Yeah. Um, yeah, what are the common personas in in terms of tech products for in, in like the older adult segment? It it tech tech is such it really depends yeah. on what the product or service is, right? So, you know, a the a big chunk, over 40% of kind of older adults are dealing with some type of health issue. That just happens as mm -hmm. you get. But I think we have four different segments that are they're they're different because it's how people um look at their health traits and how they react some people say, i just want to i just need to battle through this is day-to-day battle right so you know there's different products and services and technology to help you and others just like i don't care i'm just going to keep going and live my life you know best that i can so the products and services for one group might be very different it really depends on what what the technology is that you're offering mm -hmm. yeah totally um if for for any um I guess this is a very practical question asking for other listeners that might be listening to this podcast or other entrepreneurs or marketers. If they want to do this persona segmentations for older adults, where can they start with? Where, well, where they can they start they from? To, they have to call me because we're, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, we're the only one who has, I haven't seen yeah. anyone do a segmentation like this. So, um, yeah, you would call us and, and we would we would we would work with you. But, you know, if you didn't want to do that, then it's just, you know, I can't tell you what our secret formula is, but it's just it's trying to to look at older adults beyond demographics. Ultimately, you know, mark a marketer's job is to is to, you know, have a product or, ser or service that meets their their needs or desires. Right. So, yeah. it's, you know, that's the, it's you know, all about positioning and messaging. So. 
you have to think of that beyond demographics and really yeah. understand what is it that my product or service app, whatever it is, what what need is that meeting? And that's what you should focus on and market to. This, as soon as you say this product is is for you because you're old, that's the kiss of death because people yeah. don't want to be people don't want to be reminded they're old because the, you know being old, the next thing is I'm going to die, and people don't want to want to think about that or talk yeah. about that. So um, to me, it's like market based on needs, desires, and wants. Kind of hear the end benefits that do that. So if you're trying to think about who those people are, you just have to ask different types of questions to try to understand kind of what their 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 persona or profile is yeah that would be my advice yeah yeah what are the you mentioned that people don't like to be called out that they're old which is very true yeah. <laughs> but they yeah. still love product that designed specifically for them and so, and yeah so another thing is what are the common pitfalls that you have seen marketers making so I'll, just touch on two, I'll touch yeah. on two or three. So one is I talked about language. So yeah, you know what? Uh, seniors again, anything that makes people feel old is not good, right? So yeah. so language to use the word seniors. Some people are fine with it. Most people aren't. Boomers, yeah. same thing. You know, as soon as you get into like you know you know the golden years and think oh people hate that. So oh, people hate golden uh, years. <laughs> yeah, they hate that. So that, like for me, there's no reason to to in your messaging as as a marketing there's no reason to say hey seniors this is for you it's like yeah. hey this is for you because you have this certain need this is exactly. now yep. it's you know yep. that that need could be for someone who's younger or older but if it's a product or service that's really for for older adults based on on different needs as you get older focus on that don't call don't don't call it yeah. by name because it's like people don't want to as soon as you you attach something that means I'm old, I'm I'm in senior being one of those things, then that whole societal prejudice comes in, and it's like, oh, people don't want that. Um, secondly, is the imagery. The imagery used is so brutal. It's it's finally starting to change, but um, the stock photography is brutal, and it's and so bad. <laughs> it's so bad. So you know, there's there's. Uh, there's some uh, models who yeah. they're, they're much better and you see them on everything. Like there's yes. one guy that I, it's my mission to kind of meet him. And he's a really good looking, <laughs> really good looking guy. He's probably, I don't know, probably about 70. He's got, you know, silvery hair. He's got a beard. He's in good shape. And every time I see him, I kind of post it on, on LinkedIn and Twitter and stuff. He's like the most, you know, not the most interesting man in the world that Dos Equis used to use, but he's the most used kind of active aging, older, older male. And yeah, I, I think was, I know who you're talking to. Oh, talking yeah. About. <laughs> he, he, he must have it, but he lives quite a life because he's got many different women that he's with. Um, the last thing I posted, he was a doctor, but I've seen him on surfboards. I was actually watching a show. I can't remember what the show was. And um, they showed a book and it was about romantic relationships as you get yeah. older. And it wasn't a real book. And there was a picture of this guy on the cover with some older woman. And so it's just, it's just the imagery is brutal. So, you know, it's getting better. But again, once you find, you know, stock photos that are good, everyone uses it. So, yeah, you know, it's worthwhile to kind of create your own photography. And then just overall, everything has to be kind of real and authentic and just not posed and stereotypical that's it's like you know ads for you know insurance companies and financial institutions a lot of it is like oh you know when you retire 
life's going to be amazing. So I'm either, you know, there's a couple that are either on a, on their fancy yacht sailing or they're walking mm. on the beach or in the, in the woods, in the forest, they've got their, their Labrador, their golden retriever yeah. sun's coming up or the sun's it's like, that's not what life is really like. So, you know, mm. we start, so it's just be real and authentic and, and meaningful um, because the, Older adults are just craving attention. There aren't a lot of companies or brands firstly talking mm-hmm. to them, trying to reach them. And then when they do, a lot of them just kind of miss the boat and they just do it in stereotypical ways. So it's just, yeah. you know, a lot of it's just common sense, but yeah. You know. So it seems like stereotypes can go either way. Like could go being like you're too frail or like the retirement life is way too good. Exactly. Right. <laughs> or, you know, go back to like, you know, the, the photography and image use. You know, it's like you don't want to have someone who's kind of old, you know, not that, that that canes are bad, but, you know, like stereotypical. But then sometimes you'll see stuff where you've got like a an 80 year old, you know, man or woman and they're wearing this ridiculously yeah, out, ridiculous outfit because they're trying to hit look hip and cool. Sure, that, that that might be fine for them, but that's not kind of realistic for the vast majority. Yeah. Of them, right. It's yeah. like, you know, older adults want to look, feel and be as as well as they can. They don't want to. You know, they want they don't want to dress to look younger. They want to dress so they look the best they are no matter what their age, right? So mm-hmm. you just kind of think about all that stuff. Yeah. Yeah. Um how about are there any common mistakes when it comes to marketing channels? When you I think a couple minutes ago you talk about uh, when we're choosing marketing channels, we can probably categorize categorize it as demographics. Um can you elaborate a little bit more about why you well, you yeah. that. Again, it's like, you know, making these assumptions like, oh, older people, they just watch, you know, cable news and that's it. Mm-hmm. And, you know, they, they just listen to the radio. They're, you know, they're listening to the, you know, the the uh, the classical music and things yeah. like that. And, you know, oh, they're not really online. So, again, it's just kind of put those those myths and stereotypes away. And then, again, it's going to be category by category of how you best reach them. So, you know, a lot of times direct mail is still a really good, good channel, mm-hmm. depending on what the category is. Like we're doing some work in the, you know, North America with reverse mortgages and direct mail is still great. Email is still great. Mm-hmm. Um, and then just kind of digital channels. You know, Facebook is an interesting one because most people are on there just not to buy things, but to connect. Yeah. But you just have to think about what's your strategy. Maybe it's not to get people to kind of buy, but, you know, help them along the journey. It might take a few times before you get them there. Yeah, right? like the, the marketing funnel. Yeah, depending where you sound. I talked about kind of, you know, you know, apps and products and services that are more for cognitive health. health. Um, you know, a lot of people, myself included, I'm doing, you know, online games, right? And, you know, yeah. a lot of times between games, whatever, they'll show me an ad. So yes. I'm on there because I enjoy it, but I'm also trying to keep my, you know, whether it's Sudoku or whatever, it's like, yeah. that's probably a really good place to hit me if you're trying to sell me something that's going to improve my my brain health. So, um, yeah, just don't make mm-hmm. assumptions based on yeah. what you think. Um, but it really depends a lot on the category. Yeah. I, I don't know whether you have any, any, any thought or any conclusion on this, but I'm just curious. Um, in terms of marketing funnel, do you see digital funnels as something that is more of raising awareness and physical funnel is something that people probably wouldn't actually make decisions or there is no really a distinction between that. So I'm not, not sure your, your question. The customer journey, I think is going to be the same largely. Yeah. How old someone is like, yeah, you got to make them aware of the product and then, 
you know, educate them, get them to try, get them to buy it and repeat. So it's just, yeah, you've got to think about the funnel. And again, it, it might vary depending on what the, what it is you're selling. Right. Yeah. Yeah. I guess, as, as my, I guess my question is more like, like in terms of digital and physical funnels, um, yeah. okay. are there any differences in categories? Like what category works better in physical versus digital, or there really isn't any of that distinction. Uh, it's more yeah, like, you know, okay. the kind of the kind of population that this is targeting. Yeah, I mean, and a lot of again, we've done a bunch of research. A lot of it depends on category, um, but a lot of you know, a lot of times though, uh, older adults will do all their research online. Some of them are fine going on and purchasing online. You know, my my wife is an example. Yeah. Like, and every day there's boxes coming from Amazon or whatever. Um, but a lot of people are, they, they will, you know, in general, they'll kind of research online. And then, you know, a lot of times they want to go to the store, depending on what the product is, to see to see the product, right? And yeah. it, it really varies. And then what we're seeing is a difference, you know, um, where, and I know this myself, it's like older adults can be very cost conscious in terms of value. And they're, they're clipping coupons and stuff like that but more for like practical everyday products. And so they, they're kind of frugal that way. But when it comes to like bigger ticket items that are more luxury, they're like, whatever. Yeah. Like, you might be <laughs> like, I'm going to clip a coupon so I can save $2 on something here or whatever. But then they'll go out and spend hundreds or thousands on something. And it's like, whatever, just because it's for me, right? And I've earned this and I want to I yeah. use it. So it's it's yeah. just you know, some interesting stuff that way that is different versus younger adults, I think, who... Who just you know it's like oh I'm, I'm agonizing more over you know kind of this expensive thing yet the smaller stuff whatever you know I'm going to order in you know food so it's going to cost me you know fifteen dollars for this but the but the delivery charge is another fifteen dollars and all of a sudden it's crazy <laughs> expensive it's like older adults less likely to kind of do that younger adults yeah you know, so the differences in that yeah do you think older adults are re- more reluctant to make large ticket purchase um, online or it really depends on the people. Yeah, I, I that I that I don't know. Um, um, yeah, I, I'm not sure about that actually. And again, it's probably going to vary by category. Hmm. Yeah, that makes all sense. Yeah. Okay. One last thing to wrap up this 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 interview and <laughs> the talk. Do you have um, three takeaways for anyone entrepreneurs marketers? that are thinking into thinking going into this category and demographic or they're working on targeting this demographic yeah um so first i would think is to is to forget about all the stereotypes and myths if you mm. go in, start with a clean slate and look at kind of the 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 facts right and that yeah. every marketer should be doing that and you know i talked about a bunch of things that so the first takeaway is do not assume anything based on, on stereotypes. Um, secondly, uh, again, I talked about before, market to them based on their, their needs, wants, and desires. And that can be functional and or emotional, right? So, mm-hmm. uh, you know, people change. They have different needs as they get older. So whether it's like yeah. oral health or like your feet change, particularly more in your health and stuff like that. And um, just because you might have a product or something that meets a functional need, it doesn't mean that it has to be bland and boring, right? So like styles yeah. important as well. So market to their kind of emotional and functional needs. Um, and then the third thing, I guess, is just 
be real and authentic and, and something meaningful because that's what people are, are looking for at the end of the day. They don't, you know, talk to about, they don't want, you know, all this sizzle and, you know, you know, it's like, Hey, just talk to me the way that I want to be talked to me. And, and what's the benefit to me of kind of spending my time. Yeah. Like cut through the chase. Yes. Yes. Yeah. 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 I'm Go not looking for, a I'm looking for a, for a product. I'm not looking for a friend, you know, just. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. This is I totally resonate with everything you said, and uh, yeah, this being very, very helpful. And I think it's just like literally, like for everyone, like literally every single person that's doing senior marketing or making building products for older adults. Sorry, I used the word senior again. We're building <laughs> product for older adults. I'm very sorry. Should have done that. Building product for older adults go to Asia majority websites. There are so many amazing contents and amazing insights that is so rich in data too. It's not just like fluffy pieces, like a lot of speculations, but actually insights and research that's backed by a lot of data. I mean, a lot of surveys. Um, I didn't receive any money from Jeff. This <laughs> is <laughs> not a sponsored show. Very kind of you, Teresa. Thank know, you. But this is just something that I generally feel like it's being very, very helpful for me and for a lot of hitting a lot of blind spots, to be honest, for a lot of marketers and for a lot of people that are building products. We thought we know everything, but we are actually just using a very narrow, narrow view and highly biased view towards this demographic. And to be honest, a lot of people, a lot of 55 plus, they're not, you know, they're probably not responding to online surveys. They're not exactly being super active online. So there are a lot of bias when we are just doing those research by ourselves. Yeah. yeah. Teresa, thank you. So thanks for the plug and thanks so much for having <laughs> I really appreciate and enjoyed our discussion. Yeah. Thank you, Jeff. Thank you so much for your time. And this being a very fruitful chat.